Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. Well, if you go around any place that there's gambling, with the possible exception of Vegas, although there's a lot of elderly people in Vegas that gamble, but you go to places like Laughlin and to various casinos around the country and you'll notice a lot of senior citizens. And that can be good, but that can be bad too. And we got somebody, a real expert to talk about it with us today, Dr. Max Furman. He's a licensed clinical psychologist with extensive experience in the assessment and psychotherapeutic treatment of older adults. He went to my alma mater, so naturally I like him right off the top from USC. And uh, Dr. Max, gambling is one of those things that, first of all, we'll go on a positive. It actually, I read where it can actually help people stay sharp because you have to do some things depending on what type of gambling you do. Oh, very much so. Thank you, Steve, for having me. Yes, very much so. It's really good for the brain, right, to figure things out, whether it's like on video poker, right, what that you're going to pick. Right. Certainly like placing bets like on online betting, figuring out what sports team is going to win, right, if the Trojans are going to win or something. <laughs> and um, sitting again with other people, very good for your brain, right, if you were actually playing poker, or at a crab's table or something, the interaction with others, really, really good for the brain. Yeah, I would think so. I think something like blackjack, I'm thinking just the fact that you kind of have to constantly count in your mind, it's, it's not a heavy-duty math, but nonetheless, it's always different, and that's a good thing. Yes, exactly, because every hand is different, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. First of all, a lot of people, as they get older they tend to gamble, right? I mean, this is not something that's a small little group of people. Uh, it's one of those things that we enjoy doing as we get older. Oh, yeah. A lot of studies show it can be one of the most popular social activities. You know, in some of, like, the casinos around, they have free transportation for seniors, certainly before the COVID, right? Taking them to casinos, giving them free food or free drinks, whatever, meeting their friends there. Yeah, it's a real important aspect of a lot of older people's lives. Yeah, I guess because it's one of those things you can still do. I mean, well into your 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, you don't need to be in like maybe the shape that you would if you like you played tennis or something. Yeah, obviously that starts to wear down on you. But you can gamble as long as you're alive. Oh, yes. I remember seeing older people when we used to have like coins, right, for slot machines, carrying these huge trays of quarters or silver dollars, right, attached yeah. to their walker. And then sitting there at the machine for hours and hours, you know, just being transfixed by that versus if they were at home, probably they'd say, oh, I'm too frail to do this. But it can be a real rush for people. Yeah, you're right. You could always tell because they'd have the uh, black hands because they'd be <laughs> touching all the coins. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So actually when things transform more into electronic, like slot machines, right, with push button and getting away from the coins, the gaming industry actually sought out human factors experts in geriatrics to make them senior friendly. So you have big buttons, easy to press, easy to see, this kind of stuff. They knew their, their market. 
I have noticed that as, you know, somebody that's gone to casinos for most of my adult life, you can see that these things are actually really user-friendly for the elderly. You don't need to, you know, you don't need to bring those special pair of glasses when that stuff's pretty easy to see. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So we always find that interesting. And a lot of technology is not senior-friendly or sometimes even middle-age friendly that the gaming industry has made it the opposite, right? So that obviously makes it easier for people to gamble. Yeah, and you know, you, you mentioned before video poker. Does that help too? Because not only do you have to think, but there's different strategies, and it brings a certain responsibility, if you will, that maybe you don't get in just average, every, everyday life. Yes, again, you're having to figure out, right, how much you want to bet and the hands you're getting. And sometimes it's much less intimidating than if you were actually sitting at a table, right, with other people. Yeah, and now you could play it on your smartphone, on your computer. You know, some places do have online gambling like that. So the ease of use, again, for the older person. Now, does that kind of scare you in a bit, the fact that somebody with their, you know, computer, with their smart pad, what have you, they can sit there at home. It's real easy because it's real easy for people, not just elderly, but for other people, if, especially if you're having a trouble with it. You know, you're not, you're not actually putting the dollars in like you talked about the coins and stuff. You don't realize it and you can run up a pretty nasty bill. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the negative part of this, right, is that what we call um, in the way of diagnosing mental disorders, pathological gambling or people having a problem gambling. Certainly, if you're an older person and you develop that, you're less likely to be able to recoup your losses. And there's always been this concern that if we get away from money and actually looking at it, right, it's much easier to just say, like, oh, just, you know, give me some more. Give me some more from my credit card or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But now you've got fixed income as you get older. You know, you're not bringing in money anymore. Do you try to help these people? Because the time to grab that is is right away. Do you do you try to help people with like the idea of budgeting for what you can spend? Is just so important so you can still enjoy this without uh, putting your uh, future at risk. Right, and one way I help them as well is to look at, like with many things, as you get older, if there's a change from how you did things when you were younger, this could signal that there's something wrong with your brain, with your body. And there's even been some drugs that were used, one to treat Parkinson's disease, that was correlated with people developing problem gambling. It was interfering with their ability to kind of stop what they were doing. So they took that off the market. So if anyone out there like has a person in their lives that all of a sudden is developing this problem, right, where they're spending more than they can afford, it's possible that something is going on with their brain that could be addressed. So it's important then for families to not so much be bothered by it. It's great to see uh, elderly people enjoying themselves, but mm-hmm. they should be asking questions, right, just to make sure that if there's any of those issues, you want to see them beforehand, before it, uh, it's too late. Exactly, in terms of them running up, you know, a lot of money that they can't afford, or just that there's something going on with their brain, obviously, that you could do something about. A lot of these dementias, like Alzheimer's disease, often are overdiagnosed when it's something that could be corrected from medication or other kind of problems with the body. And so that this is one kind of way of getting a red flag about it, that all of a sudden, you know, dad or mom or grandpa or grandma, they never were like this before, you know, and now they're spending all this money that they don't have in gambling. Exactly. Now, Dr. Max, tell me, 
as seniors get excited about this, and you talked about before about taking like a bus trip to Laughlin or wherever, the local casino and so forth, there's a lot of scams out there too. Is that something that uh, they try to uh, kind of go after elderly and try to get them to spend money that they really shouldn't be spending on deals that aren't really the deals that proclaimed to be? Yeah, one way of looking at even what we call financial elder abuse are some of these scams that have aspects of gambling. Like, you know, well, you've won the sweepstakes, but you need to give us your credit card number for some kind of processing fee. And that then the senior believes that that's actually true, that they've won something. You used to have similar sort of things, like if you would subscribe to, like, these magazines, right, you'd enter into some sweepstakes, and you'd have to keep entering more and more and more. So... Seniors are more at risk to kind of be naive in that way, to be easily exploited, believing that they've maybe won something. There was this film with Bruce Dern about Nebraska where the whole film is about him believing he won some kind of big sweepstakes. Yeah. Well, it's part of that technology, too, where, you know, as we get older, we get more and more afraid. I remember my dad, oh, my God, touching a computer was scary to him because that was Mm -hmm. late in his life and so forth. And consequently, when you get something, you're learning about email and so forth, and you get something saying, hey, you won. Well, the computer wouldn't lie, right? computer doesn't make mistakes. (laughs) Right. Right. Same kind of thing where then you're naive, right, that they call you and say, like, the IRS is coming after you, right, and you believe that, and you need to give the person your credit card number. So we can also look at a lot of seniors are very isolated, certainly even more so during the COVID, and so it's nice they have somebody to talk to, right, who calls them, who contacts them even on email, and thereby they can become more trusting of, like, well, they wouldn't really scam me kind of thing. One thing that I found interesting going through your materials is, and I never thought about this, but this really is a place where gambling can lead to substance abuse and insomnia, and especially the insomnia. I thought about it because uh, my mother-in-law, who loves gambling, you know, she was a stockbroker, Doc, so she used to always, she's used to going to bed at 7 or 8 o'clock at night. All of a sudden, it's like 1 in the morning, we're in Las Vegas, and she's still out there. Is that something that really affects it? And what is it that brings on that insomnia? Is it the excitement of it or just the very nature of looking in, you know, at lights and small little uh, screens and so forth? Yeah, it could go that direction, but I think more what I was meaning is that the material I sent is if you have insomnia, one way that you kind of deal with it, right, you could sit up all night, right, gambling 24-7. Or you could develop substance abuse problems, obviously, sitting there and people maybe bring you strong, free drinks. But if you have these issues, including issues like with post-traumatic stress disorder where people have nightmares and they can't sleep, this could be very undetected then because you're there in the casino, right? Right. The local casino, and no one thinks that you're having these problems, but obviously this is a contributor to why you're gambling like that. Well, so let's kind of wrap it up in the sense of this is a bigger problem than people think. First of all, there's a lot more seniors that love gambling. What kind of percent of those do you find that have problem gambling where it really isn't good for their lifestyle, and what should they do? Well, we're finding in some studies it's maybe as many as 10% of people, even though, again, it's very hard to estimate this in people's homes, correct? Right, right. And as you said, the first thing, obviously, to do is, is this been like a 
tendency as younger people obviously going to have problem gambling, or is this something new? And that that then is a whole different way of intervening. If this has been a problem for the person throughout their life, one of the great things I find as a psychologist working with seniors, they have all this wisdom, right? Well, if you struggle with this before, how did you manage it? Did you have periods where it wasn't a problem for you? And so what's going on now? And some older adults, right, they want the challenge of having something to do now, right, to prove like that they can finally do what they couldn't do when they were younger or to beat the house or whatever it is. So there can be psychological components to this too, right? right? Is there some other way that they can get a challenge without it costing them money like this? It's fascinating stuff. This is interesting. We're going to have to have you on again. Now, a couple of things, Doc. First of all, uh, you're a regular columnist for a magazine. I wanted to ask you about it. I haven't seen it, but it's a fascinating title. Divorce Magazine and Hitch.com. So you're... Yeah, those are two separate things. Okay. Right? The Hitch is the marriage, right? And the divorce is the okay. coming apart of it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And do you address it from the elderly standpoint, or are those just separate issues that you're talking strictly about you know, how to deal with divorce and so on? No, forth? it's mostly in older adults. I mean, this whole phenomenon of gray divorce. And, of course, like gambling, we could say, could contribute to that, right? Yeah. Where you become like the gambling widow or widower, right, where people are gone all the time or spending money. And the hitch had a lot to do with how to enhance marriage in later life or even being open to getting married, like, in your 80s. Why not, right? Yeah, right. Never too late. You never know how long you're going to live, so we never know how, you know, it's too late to do something. Are some of the elderly uh, preyed upon by that? You know, all of a sudden, the old guy's there and some young girls talking to him. Well, you know, <laughs> it's been a long time. They might think that uh, this person's serious, where in reality, they're looking to take their money. Right. They're looking to take their money or even on the online dating. I've had this with some clients, right, where the people really thought somebody was interested in them and they just wanted money from them. The same kind of thing with the scams and the gambling, right? People are lonely, isolated, more gullible, more vulnerable in that way. Fascinating stuff. I know you got a new book coming out. When is it going to be out? It's about uh, dealing with COVID-19, you know, the, the, the ways to get through it. Yeah, our working title is Pandemic Schmandemic. It's like these five standalone stories that are hopefully going to be published um, by the end of the year of how seniors have really thrived in this pandemic, right? They've been able to do things that they couldn't otherwise do. Like I have people in their 80s and 90s now they're playing online canasta or pinochle or online games with their grandchildren, things that they would never have thought they could have figured out to do if they didn't feel that they needed to try. Oh, that's so fantastic. This is the kind of stuff, yeah. Well, that's great. And people need that because, you know, it's such negativity, obviously, around a pandemic. It is great that there's always silver linings somewhere, and that's really great to hear. And you got something that I think everybody should take a listen to. You got a podcast, Age Well with Dr. Max. How long have you been doing that, and how can we uh, listen? Oh, we can just go to my website, right? www.agewelldrmax.com. I've got. Um, five podcasts on there dealing with things like your memory, how to you know improve your memory, all this ageism that people think like you know I have pain that's because I'm old sort of thing, and I always remind people if that was due to aging, then your whole body would hurt, right? Right. And right. to be really empowering of yourself and not think of yourself as like old, decrepit, kind of negative thing, you know. So it's these empowering 
videos on there for people to get information that, you know, it's never too old again to feel good about yourself. Yeah, you're right. And you know what? It's not a bad idea to get a little jump on that. You know, we start past 40 and people start thinking about, oh, I'm getting older, I'm getting older. And I think looking at some of these things can give you a different attitude going into it. It doesn't have to be miserable. It's not just preparing to die. There's a lot more to the aging process. And what I love is the stuff you have. And that's why they should go to your website, Dr. Max, is it's not all negative. No, and that's actually a lot of what I've done in almost 40 years of practice is empowering older adults. In the beginning of the pandemic, even, it was about, like, have the adult children take care of the parents as if they needed to be taken care of. You know, they survived World War II, polio, whatever. Right. All kinds of things, whatever. They're the ones that you turn to when there are problems. It's not as if they don't know how to cope with it. Dr. Max, thank you so much for being with us. we got to have you on again. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Steve. What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home. And I've got just the place to help you do that. The place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads has over 35 years of experience buying collections of sports cards, memorabilia, bobbleheads, toys, action figures, comic books, Hot Wheels, Star Wars, movie posters, and more. If you've collected it, there's a good chance they'll buy it. No collections are too large or too small. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. That's 310-534-4180. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, 310-534-4180. 